Hi guys, I'm Joffy Holton, a professional MMA fighter from Stoke-on-Trent. That's in England for those of you that didn't know. And I happen to hold the fastest knockout on Ares FC, which is a French promotion. And you are listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. Bang. Money. Shit. And you know what's weird is that I heard your real voice that time. It's all my real voice. Like, it's all my real voice. What? Cove, don't do this. This like It's like 10.30 at night for me and you're throwing shade. It's not the one. We don't need to be like this at this time of day. What time of day is it right there? Okay, hold on. Five so this, this episode this episode is going to start with that lead-in. Okay. So you're going to hear it. Okay. And then I'm going to hear my... And then you're going to hear, your talk, hear yourself talking to us later on in the episode. And you're going to hear two different people. Justin, talk to your boy. <laughs> Justin, talk to your boy. We don't want this. You realize there's a UFC in Canada next year, yeah? Don't, yeah, don't, don't January, make this be, baby. January. Yeah, don't, don't make this a problem. I might be there. You don't know. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world, covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. BetUS Sportsbook is your ultimate destination for online betting. With sports betting, live betting, racebook, online slots, and online casino. It's available across the U.S. and Canada. Use the code PSP to receive a massive sign-up bonus. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm one half your host, Justin Williams. And you know I'm never alone because of my commitment issues and all that fun stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, I have the man, the myth, the legend with me, the one that I can never get rid of, but also the one that makes me sound beautiful on the mic. And I'm going to need that for December 2nd when I'm performing at Paradise Theater in Toronto. Please come through. It's a 12-camera taping. It'll be awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Colbert Durand. Kobe, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. You better show up at the Paradise Theater or I'll be pretty damn embarrassing. Can <laughs> you imagine? Like, just invite all these people out, sell a bunch of tickets, and I just don't show. <laughs> I'm just crickets. It's like, oh, shit. But anyways, I know a man right now. We've had him on the podcast before. He's one of my good friends. I can ring him up. Calls me a wanker every once in a while. Love it. He's British, so his accent just makes him sound way smarter than he actually is. We can roast each other because we're on that level. Ladies and gentlemen, this man also, I believe, holds the fastest knockout in a French MMA promotion. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Joffy Holt. Joffy, how you doing? I am good. I am good. Apparently, I call you names now, which I, I would never do. Um, I'm, I'm much too nice for all of that, but I'm very good. How are you doing? Sounds like everything's going well, like your intros have come on phenomenally i feel like your intro game has gone up a good 10 points if you were like a created stat right now you're like an easy 80 on the intro now i strong it's strong i love it well what was i before you were not an 80 you've gone up at least <laughs> 10 points so like if we say you were like a 64 before it was like you were there but like you were slightly above like the standard level that you would start a created character at but now you're like an 80 like that's cool that's a start you're like starting five like, that's fine. You're not like the LeBron of your team, but you're, you're certainly like, you know, <laughs> higher than a bench warmer. So 
Yeah, you've got all the potential of Victor, uh, Victor Wabanyama. Like you've got oh. all that potential, but currently you're on a losing streak and you just lost six, lost six in a row. So, ah, uh, so I'm almost like the sixth man of the team kind of deal. Like sometimes I'm in the starting rotation, sometimes I'm out. Yeah, like what J.R. Smith used to be. Like you could be a starter, but sometimes you just don't really show up, and we're really concerned about what's going on with you. That's fair. You know what? I'll take it. My doctor and parents are also very concerned with me. Moving <laughs> forward, my friend. Where do you want to begin? Do you want to begin with uh, last, time, last time you were here, you were two and three in your record, and now you've jumped to an impressive. What was it again? Well, no, no, I must have been, I must have been two and two last time we spoke because now I'm five and two. No, you so, had a losing record. So you, no, you must have been sorry. You were one you were and one two. And two. It was you one, were one and two, and two. One yeah. last time. Oh wow, that's even worse. That hurt my soul. Wow. I was, okay, so I was, I was at a, I was at a losing point, and now uh, I've rolled a four straight. Four straight's always nice. Hell yeah, four in a row. I hold the record for the fastest knockout in Aries, which is Cyril Garn's promotion. That was fun. That was a that was a really good <laughs> night. Uh, I mean, other than me not getting a bonus, that's the only thing that bothered me about that night. I was so pissed. I was also pissed. Like the the crazy thing about it was, so they said they didn't want me. We'd kind of spoken, my, my manager in the promotion, we spoke to them before and they were like, yeah, we'll see how he does after his next fight. So I had my fight in April and they were like, oh, we don't think he's ready. Like get him a couple more wins and we'll see. And then they rung me up really short notice because my opponent, Kenzo, he had a pullout and it was, it was about five weeks before. And they basically said to my manager, look, Kenzo's a way better striker than him. He's going to beat him up, but see if he'll come out. And I was like, you don't understand how I am because I'll just show up and I'm not worried, not in the least. Mm -hmm. So I showed up and I could see on the day he wasn't mentally where I was. And I remember saying to my coaches, I was like, don't blink. And they were like, what do you mean? I'm like, don't blink. Just whatever <laughs> you do, don't, because I'm going for this. This is happening. I was a three to one dog and then one within nine seconds. So my friends made some money because they were smart enough to bet on me. Hell yeah, we did. I was adamant that I was getting a bonus. I was like, yeah, 10,000 pounds. I was I was ready to pull my Conor McGregor moment, like 60 Gs, baby. And yeah, it didn't happen. So, but you know, we'll, we'll go again. We're going out there in December. So I'm out in like four or five weeks, something like that. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if I can win one this time. Oh, I know you will because, so hold on a second. First off, the, you not getting the bonus was absolutely the French still not getting over what England did. <laughs> That's just pure, pure racism there still. <laughs> I mean, I'll say it. Why not? What are they going to assume? I speak their language. What are they going to do? Fight me? Anyways, you're my corner. You'll fight them for me. So I'll just I've talk mad poop and be like, yeah. <laughs> I've got you all the time. Don't worry about that. i got you. <laughs> just over your shoulder. Be like, right. Get him, Joffy. <laughs> so you're going out in December. Uh, do you know who your opponent is? Uh, yeah, so my opponent is Abu Bathali. So Abu's like, I think he's seven and four off the top of my head. He was actually yep. the cornerman for Kenzo. <laughs> so it, it, he's kind of like on a revenge tour, I guess. Payback. Yeah, it's really weird. So they seem to have this idea in France of talking about like revenge a lot. And it, it came up a lot on all of the media that you've done for me following. Um, and they'll tag various fighters and be like, you need to go and avenge Kenzo or this guy's going to avenge Kenzo and, or this guy or this guy. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But which one of you wants to do it? Because I was ready to go again. 
So if it is one of you that wants to do it, I'm more than happy to, to oblige. Just send me a contract. For me, the whole idea of revenge is, is the total wrong motivation for why to fight. I, I can't imagine it's going to be good for you. And revenge itself, I'm, it's a professional sport. We're prize fighters. Why are you seeking revenge? But, uh, Abu bless him. He, he, you know, jumped on social media, said, I'm ready for you if you want it. So I responded and said, let me know when I am ready to go. And the promotion were like, let's do it in December. So December we dance. Ooh, very exciting. And before I pass you off to Kobe real quick, how are you training? How was your, how was your training going for this? Because you had five weeks last time. Now you know the duration of it all. How's, has anything changed? Is there striking happening a little more? Like what's going on? So much changed. So I moved my camp over with Aspinall just before my last fight. So there I've been go. very much rooted in everything that's going on with him. And obviously he won the title last weekend, which was it's not even last week, it was the weekend just gone. He was amazing. Everything's been really good in that sense. We actually found out about the fight about, so it would have been around September time, just after my birthday in, in August. And they told me that they wanted to do November. So I was prepping for November and mentally it was like 10 weeks. At the point where it would have been six weeks or seven weeks out, they rung me and said, actually, we want to move you to December. So I was, that's no problem. It's only four weeks difference. Uh, so I've had a really long camp for this. Uh, it's the first time I've ever, ever had a real camp, which is amazing. I feel good. I feel sharp. I'm just ready to, let's say, put on the best performance that I can. Ooh, I'll be tuning in for this one. <laughs> so yeah, so Joffy, so you moved over to Aspinall's camp. You saw him prepping for the UFC 295 title fight. Yeah. Did it go the way you expected? So I told everybody to bet on a submission, if I'm completely honest. The fight itself, for what there was of it, was pretty much how we had predicted it in terms of what Sergey would throw. It equally was what we wanted Tom to do. You know, the angles were there. Uh, there were certain strikes that I could see him setting up and looking for that we've seen a lot in training. It, to me, was a foregone conclusion before he ever left the UK because I know the level that he's at and he's simply on. It's almost unfathomable, the level that he's on, that there isn't anyone that's like him. He moves like a welterweight, more like a lightweight. He's ridiculous. It's, you know, the moment that he stepped in on Sergey with that one-two, I knew it was over because I've seen that one-two and I know how it feels. And I knew Sergey wouldn't want it to feel that way. And the rest was history. And now, you know, he's sat there interim heavyweight champion of the world. We got to see what Jones and Stipe do. I don't think personally that they should be fighting for the title after this. I think you're more likely to see the UFC do something with Tom, but we'll, we'll see what comes. Yeah, I don't know if you listened to our UFC 295 preview, but uh, Justin was all in on Sergey Pavlovich, actually. I, I picked Aspinall to win it. I thought he'd be too fast for Pavlovich, but Justin was 100% for the rush. Yeah, I mean, Justin makes bad picks, I'll be honest. So, <laughs> okay, hold a second, hold a second. To, to my credit, to my credit, I said I want Tom to win. I just don't think he's going to. What, so, so, so let me understand then. What made you think that Tom wasn't going to do it? I just haven't seen him fight as well as I would want him to, given the fact that you praise him so much. And I, you and I had a brief conversation about this. And I remember you had mentioned, I think in a voice clip, you're like, brava. I can't do your accent. Be like, brava. He's like... <laughs> 
he's got that one two my got dynamite in his palms you know and whatever it is and i was like right but i don't know i have an accent now but i'm like right i mean i just don't see that but okay sure i'll take your word so i'm like i want it because of you but i'm like i just don't see it happening it's crazy that you couldn't see it because for me it's clear as day you know if you look yeah. at any of his fights when he's got a dynamite touch when he hits you things things change in your mind i promise you now joffy what have you picked up since moving over to his gym syphilis <laughs> i mean i hope not um so much I couldn't even tell you where to begin, in all honesty. I have a very much different outlook on the sport as a whole and my game as a heavyweight. So I've always been very jiu-jitsu based. Um, I guess I argue that it's a technical thing, but I've been playing a small man's game and I don't really play a small man's game anymore. It's Things have developed and changed. I can't say too much of the specifics because I plan to show the specifics in December. But a lot has changed, I think... There's new avenues that I can now take a fight down, and I think you will see a very different performance for myself come fight night. Now, is this a performance we would have seen had the fight not gone nine seconds in that last fight, or is this a, a performance that has developed since then? I think it's developed. I certainly think there were things I was ready to show on that night which weren't there previously, but the levels to which I'm, I feel I am now are completely different. I have a renewed I guess I always had belief in myself but I guess it's a little bit revitalized because I've seen I've seen the fruits of my labor and I know how good I can be it's a very different mindset to what I was all those years ago that we spoke last time and are you having to finish or do you feel like you're a three-round fighter I can do whatever I want <laughs> whatever I want to do if I want to get three full rounds in I'll get three full rounds in, but the reality of the situation is you get double your money if you finish within the distance, so don't expect this to go the distance. Right on. Right on. You heard it here first. Yes, we did, and I always bet on Joffy, and he always makes me money whenever I can bet. There, there was one bet I couldn't, but so far, you make me good money, sir. Uh, do you feel like you're going to be the underdog in this fight in terms of betting? It would be insane if they were to put me out as the underdog again. But I hope they do, because I would love to make some more money on myself. But it, it doesn't make sense. So when I look at, you know, stylistically, um, stylistically, we don't match up great in terms of my skill set versus his. I think I probably sit with some level of advantage. He's a little bit more experienced than me, which is fine. That just means you've been around for longer. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're better. He's had time away, which I think will stand against him. It would be unreasonable, I believe, to leave me as the underdog. But somehow I think the French bookmakers will find a way of doing that. And if they do, fantastic. Please bet on me and make yourself some free money. Oh, there you go. I was going to say this gentleman last fought December 11th, 2021. So he's coming on a two-year mark. Yep. Which is quite a long time. That's a loss, too. That was yeah. a loss to an armbar. And just looking at all of his losses, it was like split decision, decision, armbar. Like he hasn't been knocked out yet. So are you going to be his first knockout? There's like a pause because there's the answer I want to give you. And there's the answer <laughs> that I should give you. But look, any, the, the, rea <laughs> the reality with heavyweight MMA is that we all have that kind of one-touch knockout power. If I land clean, yeah, there's a good chance you're going to go to sleep. If he lands clean, maybe he does it to me. 
I, I couldn't tell you the method that I'm going to finish by, but if I had to believe that, that it was going to go one way or the other, I think I can get this done on the feet. I'm not too concerned about anything, the specifics of how I finish. I can just guarantee that I'm going to. Which is good. Obviously, we want to see that for you because you are the best. Now, let's say you do win, as you are going to. You win a spectacular fashion. Again, no bonus. We're not going to give the perfect scenario. But would this now mean that Ares would have to consider you for a potential title fight? If you don't, you're looking at the wrong guy. I am the star of this show. I promise you most faithfully. There's a reason that you have promoted me more than your three title fights on the same card. I will be a force to be reckoned with come fight night. And yeah, if you want to offer me a title shot thereafter, sure, I can do that. Or maybe maybe somebody else gives me a call and I go to somewhere bigger and there's other fish to fry. We don't know. But if they want to call me for a title shot, I'm sure that I'd say I'm sure I'd say yes. Okay. And after your last fight with Aries with a spectacular knockout, it even got um retweeted by uh oh Kaposa from Yeah. I was so excited. <laughs> like yeah, so he he retweeted you, he didn't tag you, and you're like, Brava, what are you doing, mate? <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> And I was like, Yeah, what is he doing? And then Kaposa's like, My bad. I don't know who his accent is, but like <laughs> it was crazy. Honestly, so I remember I ran out of the arena like almost so they took me to the back after and I did my drug test really quickly. And then we cornered my friend Carlos and unfortunately he lost. But then I ran out to my mom because my mom was in the crowd, said hi to my mom. And then me, my mom and my friends went across the road to a bar. And one of my friends messaged me and was like, Joff, I know you love MMA on point. I know you love Kaposa. Please tell me you've seen Twitter. I was like, no, I, I've barely been on my phone. I don't want to reply to anybody right now. What's going on? So they sent me the link and I was like, oh my God, Kaposa has retweeted me. So I realized he'd not tagged me. So I was like, there's only one way of going around this. Atting him and being like, you could have at least tagged me. He then re-uploads it and tags me. I was like, this is, what is, what is going on? I feel like a superstar. And then the highs of all that really came crashing down because two days later I was back in work. <laughs> Buddy, Heartbroken. I, I know the feeling. I did a commercial for Jack Daniels and I'm like treated like a celebrity. I had my own uh, like truck, my own trailer. I had my own stylist, my own wardrobe person. I was like, yeah. And then the next day I'm overworking security and I'm like, this is <laughs> terrible. Whatever it's it is, it's what it is. awful. It's awful. It is, but mate, you deserved that five minutes of fame because you're supposed to get 15 in total. So there's three more glorious coming your way. Now, looking at the, there is no rankings for Aries right now. I'm just kind of looking at, unless this is chronological order, which is pathetic if that's what they have. When you win, there is about 15 people ahead of you, but you're also fighting the guy who I guess is the number one contender. Again, there's no rankings. Mm -hmm. So... I think you're gonna you're gonna fight Slim after, who is their current Aries heavyweight champion. And I mean, he's five and zero. Oh, you're more experienced, which, as you said, doesn't mean much. But Slim doesn't look like he could take you just off looking at him. Now, looks are deceiving, but you were so. So I'll actually give you background on Slim. I can tell you it won't be Slim. Slim was actually in a contract dispute you may have heard of around a year ago, I think it was. So Slim was formerly managed by Fernand Lopez, who happens to run Aries along with Cyril Garm. He left the promotion to, sorry, he left his management to work with Ali Abdelaziz. Ali got him a shot on UFC and 
they refused to release him from his Aries contract. Okay. So Slim waited it out. Slim recently won his debut on Bellator. He's now 6-0, and or 7-0 and potentially now. He was a French uh, national wrestling champion. He went to the Olympics and everything. He's pretty, he's like no slouch. Like Slim's, Slim's no slouch. Don't get me wrong, would love to fight him if that opportunity ever comes up. Slim, feel free to call me. I'm always ready. But he, uh, yeah, it won't be him. So their title's actually vacant at the moment. So I don't know if they've updated that because, but then he did only debut recently. I think it was like a month ago. Mm-hmm. that he debuted on Bellator, the last Bellator, I think it was. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, I've made it very clear the pathway that I want to forge for myself. My team know the pathway that we're going down. Should everything come to fruition, which I believe it will, because I'm putting in the work to make that so, then it's going to be it's going to be all sunshines and, and daisies and whatnot. Oh, I can't wait to see you have that title around your waist. Yeah, Jaffe, how much do you know about this next opponent, about Abu Bakar? I know enough that I'm not too concerned. It's difficult because he's had two years out. So no matter how you look at it, whatever he was two years ago, it's not right for me to consider that he's the same now. Okay. It's 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 totally reasonable to believe that he would have made adjustments in his game. Um, there would have been dynamic, dynamic changes, vast changes. Two years is a very, very long time in the sport. You know, two years ago, I was, I was one and two. Um, I, I was, you know, I wasn't as nearly the man that I am today. So I know enough about him, but I can't guarantee that the things that I do know are still applicable today. So I'm trying not to make too much of it. There's no point. You know, you're going to meet that guy in the cage regardless. Everything could change when you go out there. So you just got to trust in your own skills and trust the process of, of what you've done and go from there. Now, I've looked up his measurables online. He's listed at the heavyweight max. Did, yeah. did he look that size cornering your last opponent or did he look bigger, smaller? How did he look? Uh, he didn't look in great shape. That is how I would describe it. I would imagine that based on the shape that he was, that he was at the upper limit, but I don't think it's necessarily the same upper limit as I would be. If you know what I mean. I'm trying to be nice about it. Like he's, <laughs> he's, he's a, how do you word it? He's a larger gentleman. More to love. Yeah, there's there's plenty to love. There's plenty to love. And you know what? We can be all hugs and kisses after. But um Joran, I'm not he's not he's not the kind of guy I'd be liking to love on, so that's just me. Okay, well we're recording this November fifteenth. We're exactly one month out from your fight, December fifteenth. What what do you currently weigh? Uh I'm like one seventeen, one eighteen, something around that region. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a big guy. Like I've accepted what I am, but we're, I would imagine that he's around 120, maybe 125, but we're very different builds with it. Uh, I know I'm going to be taller. I know I'm going to have a slightly longer reach. I the, the measurables in my mind sit it to my advantage. But again, you can only fight who shows up on the day. So like, why make more of it than it needs to be? Okay, now for, for our listeners across the pond... <laughs> what does that translate to in pounds? Oh, 258. Pounds. 258. Yeah, I'm like 258. I'm between like 258 and 262 okay. around that region. Around okay. that region. So, but you, so you don't need to cut though? No, no. But I'll probably. So what? We got four hard weeks of training still to go. Well, three hard weeks, four hard weeks still to go. I'm probably going to walk in the cage or weigh in day at least about 255, maybe. Okay. At, at my lowest, 
250, but I really, really doubt I'll get to, I'll be 250 because I can't see me losing that much. Probably 255. And do you have an entirely new like coaching staff now or did some of your coaches come with you? Uh, I have one coach that I work with exclusively pretty much for my striking. And then everything else I just do with Tom and the team. So yeah, we've, me and the, me and my striking coach Lofty, we've been working together since I moved over to uh, Manchester top team formally. And we just have a really good relationship. So we just work together on everything. Um, he's, I firmly believe that you don't necessarily need, you know, a million and two coaches. If you have a good amount of people that you believe in and that believe in you, you'll, you'll be absolutely fine. Have you seen anyone we may not have heard of at this gym that's coming up? Pavel Daladico. So Pasha, uh, one of my, uh, one of my team there, he's, he's on the come up. He, he trains and, uh, he trains there with us and he fights out on Brave. He's on the come up. He's going to be a star in Brave. There's what weight class? Uh, heavyweight. We're all heavyweights there. Okay. So Tom formed a team of just heavyweight titans. And that's all that's, that's all we are. We're just a bunch of heavy, heavy dudes that are all working together. So yeah, Pasha, um, Pasha, we call him Pasha, but his name's Pavel. He's on the come up. Um, he'll probably fight for the title in Brave, maybe in two fights time. And then obviously Mick Parkin, who's, uh, you know, in the UFC now, he's really on the come up. I think he's going to be an absolute, you know, force in the coming in the coming years right on it's all good so <clears throat> joffy buddy pal friend <laughs> oh here we go do you still play runescape so i don't <laughs> i don't actually play as much now so i took a small hiatus the reason being i took so i took some time off from a lot of things i realized that a lot of things in my life were distract serving as distractions and RuneScape, unfortunately, was distracting. It was taking oh, me course. away from, like, my day-to-day stuff. And I didn't want to go and train because I'd be like, well, I'm just going to finish this level or I'm just going to finish this quest. So I took, like, a two-month break. And one of my friends messaged me and said, do you want to jump online? And I jumped online and I realized I no longer had my quest cape because they'd released five new quests. And at that point, I said to myself, I can't do those quests. I'm not, I don't want to do those. So I haven't really been back to it. I've just finished uh, the new Assassin's Creed and the new Spider-Man on the PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. But gaming-wise, there'll, there'll be nothing from me for a while. Maybe UFC, but there'll be nothing from me for a while. I use it to take my mind off everything when when I'm in camp so that I've got something else to think of other than the fight. But I'm into the last kind of four or five weeks now. I'd rather just be thinking of the fight. That's totally fair. And I mean, playing UFC is kind of like as an actor, when we go to a movie, it's a bit of a write-off for us. Like literally we can write off going to a movie because it's considered uh, research. So yeah. Okay. I feel like, I feel like fighters should be able to do that. Like, Oh, I bought a PlayStation and UFC for, for research and that should be a tax write-off, but that's just me. Quick switch gears, uh, Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury. So first just Francis Ngannou real quick. How do you think he has shaped the MMA community with what he did for the UFC? And then my second question is, did you watch that fight? And what were your thoughts? So I don't actually think Francis did anything for the MMA community. What have you done for us? You haven't improved fighter pay. You've said that you're alongside the PFL and 
the PFL is now going to pay somebody two million to fight you, but you've also said you're not going to fight till the tail end of 2024 in the PFL, and now you've moved that you know moved that boundary again, considering 2025. So no one's actually getting paid more as a consequence. I've seen the PFL contracts. I know people who are on them. They don't pay overly well unless you're in the tournament, and even then, they're not great. What has he done? Other than walk away from the UFC and, you know, get a really good payday from Fighting Fury, you haven't done anything. You haven't done anything for the community. You've done things for yourself. And I'm not knocking what you've done. I think what you've done for yourself is fantastic. But let's call a spade a spade. You've done nothing for the community. The wider MMA community has not been served by what you did. The only person that served the benefit from this was Francis Ngannou. Because now, if anything, the community is in a worse position because everybody believes that they can go off and do the same thing. And ultimately, you can't because who are you going to box? We have Sean O'Malley calling to to fight, you know, the likes of Tank. And I'm like, yo, you might actually, or or, or, uh, Heaney, Uh, Heaney is it? Uh, He's, you know, he might actually get that fight. But who else is going to get that? You know, if let's just say, you know, somebody turned around tomorrow, let's say Tom turned around tomorrow and was like, I want to fight Anthony Joshua. The likelihood of it happening is really, really low. You know, the crossovers aren't there at every level. And I don't believe that. I, I think the community now look at it as we hold more leverage and the UFC still has a monopoly on the market. There's a reason that there is a lawsuit against the UFC for this. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the monopoly they have on the market. I actually think it's great. I think the problem that people have is that they believe there should be higher value on what they do. It's difficult when you live in places like America where you have to play for, pay for healthcare. If you all lived in the UK, you probably wouldn't care because you just have it on the NHS. But it, you know, the pay structure for the UFC isn't, isn't as awful as people make out. I'd be supremely happy on that UFC pay structure. And then all you have to do is go and win three times a year, well, compete three times a year, and you're living really nice. But for, for, for what Ngarno's actually done, I don't think he's done anything for anyone. You know, you've made yourself a rock of money. Show me something else that that money's doing. Interesting. That's uh, I love having a different dynamic. We've had a couple of people on this podcast kind of praising Ganu, so it's nice to hear a different, a different, different voice. And you obviously saw. Did you see the Tyson Fury fight at all? Uh, so <laughs> I was never going to pay for that fight because why would I waste my money? <laughs> I just, for me, I saw Fury at the weigh-in, and he didn't look in any kind of shape. Now that's not to say that Fury ever looks in shape because yeah. I don't believe he does, but Make he looked. Milk. <laughs> literally but he looked like he was off the couch he looked in bad shape to me i mm-hmm. when i saw him i was like you've not looked like this in any of your recent fights that to me indicates you've not been training so i really had no interest in it uh i got a message when francis got the knockdown and somebody sent me a clip and i was like okay so you know he knocked him down but nothing came of it you didn't then pounce a few of my friends said to me that they thought you know, uh, they thought Ngannou won, but equally, you can't go into the sport and beat the heavyweight champion on points. It's not going to happen. We know how boxing works. I think I didn't have to watch it to know that Fury was going to sit behind his jab and not do a ton, but do just enough to like to slide by rounds. And that's the difference maker. So no, I didn't watch it. I think at some point I may watch it, but I just don't have any interest in it. I, I don't understand these crossover fights truly. I think like Connor Floyd was interesting because Connor was actually a good striker and Garner isn't. He's just big boy hit hard. That's not impressive. 
we all hit hard. Yeah, he hits monstrously hard, but we all hit hard as heavies. So it's not impressive. Whereas, you know, Connor having a legitimate chance in that kind of speed, it was it was interesting. But this whole influencer movement that we've done, the likes of Jake Paul and all that, it, it's cool because it brings another demographic to the sport and eyes that weren't on it, whether it be boxing or MMA. And that's ace. Like, it's ace that these other people that weren't into MMA and boxing are now getting into it. But we also need to understand that what you're doing is not elite competition. It's it's just not. You know, Jake Paul isn't fighting elite fighters. Logan Paul isn't fighting elite fighters. KSI isn't fighting elite fighters. If we have that understanding and we can understand that this is influencer boxing and influencer MMA and it's not the pinnacle of the sport, then I'm happy for everybody to, to carry on. It's just not something I personally enjoy. That was a brilliant answer. You never cease to let me down. Joffy, it was amazing having you come on the show again. It was far too long. We have to get you back sooner to talk more MMA and whatever we need to discuss. Probably, I don't know. I just like hearing you talk. Your, your accent's amazing. <laughs> it's just a normal accent. Like this is this is just like English. No. This oh, is, I know. No. Why are you saying no? No, it, no. COVID is like I live here. I know this. I live here. Like I've been here all my life. I know how I, we sound. I, I think you play it up a bit whenever you're on the podcast. I, I, nah. I, 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 I hear what's going on here. Right? I hear we'll send you some voice notes. I, I can send you the voice notes. I'll send you all the voice notes. Justin, send them, just forward the voice notes. Just forward them all. <laughs> now, hold on. Last question, Josh. Are we going to see a second round in this fight or no? <laughs> right. Okay. So I've already told you that it's not going to go the distance. I've told you I'm not going to give you the outcome. Do you really think I'm going to pick the round? I mean, you could. I, I mean, if you're feeling confident. I'm always feeling confident. All I know is that there's plenty more space in my graveyard left. So this is just going to be another burial. Whether it's the first, second, or third is absolutely irrelevant to me. But yeah, I could probably, I could get it done in one, but we'll see how I feel on the day. Maybe I want to go to. Okay. But according to the inflection of your voice, is going to be one. <laughs> I can't let look. I can't tell you exactly how long this is gonna round, like gonna last. But if I had to bet, I'd say under five minutes. Cheese. Okay, so I'm taking the under uh, round and a half. Yeah, go. If you went under round and a half, round and a half, you wouldn't be disappointed. Okay. I don't think like okay. if if you manage to get me to go over one round, I am greatly surprised. Like greatly surprised and we will have some real fun in the second and third round if you can get it past the first what color are your shorts oh i don't know so aries are different they they like saw all that for me like last time oh. they were like oh you're in black i was like i don't really like black shorts i wouldn't wear these but you know they really? saw my shorts yeah i wanted something colorful but we'll see i might just dye my hair again but we'll see <laughs> all right all right good having you on again buddy Thank you. I appreciate both of you having me on. I appreciate your time. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcast's experience, where no sport is left behind.